Is crypto becoming the hero in Ukraine? And the island life is the life for me. Welcome to Metaversity, your first stop for everything on the new frontier of the metaverse and everything blockchain. I'm Chris Gillette, and we'll explore and learn this new world together. Kicking off today, I'd like to start with a little bit about American exceptionalism and how crypto can play a part in that and around the world. At South by Southwest, Sheila Warren, who is the CEO of the Crypto Council for Innovation, and just to tell you who the Crypto Council of Innovation is, uh, straight off their website, the Crypto Council of Innovation is a global alliance of crypto industry leaders with a mission to demonstrate the transformational promise of crypto and communicate its benefits to policymakers, regulators, and people around the globe. And some of their supporters include Coinbase, Gemini, Adresen, Horowitz, and many more. So really kind of what they do is they go around and talk to, uh, just like it said on their website when I read to you, various policymakers, even corporate leaders, and talk about the benefits of crypto uh, from a very positive light. They're, they're trying to disparage some of the more devious things that people think about with crypto and what people could be using it for and talk about the more positive innovations that come along with it. So I just thought I would mention that because she was at Southwest or South by Southwest talking about how uh, America may be losing some of the their exceptionalism because of the lack of embrace of crypto technologies. She brought up that the digital yen from China may start to present challenges for the US. It may not directly affect retail purchases uh, initially, but it may diminish the dollar's dominance in the global market. She went on to say that places like China right now are massively tech forward. And because of that, that's where the innovation is flowing to. Uh, she essentially said the innovation is going to flow where it will thrive most. And in places like China, where they're a little bit more tech forward and open to the ideas of cryptocurrency and how to use it, that that's where the technology will go. And that's where the innovation will be. And ultimately, in the end, if there's a lot of regulation put in place by the U.S., then that technology won't evolve here and we'll start to lose some of that exceptionalism that we're used to seeing. In sort of that same vein, last week we saw some of the benefits of crypto in a Senate hearing in Washington where Michael Chibane testified from Ukraine from within the war zone itself to the U.S. Senate about how crypto has helped his country. Now, crypto has been used to raise money for uh, safety gear like bulletproof vests, helmets, first aid kits, and, and much, much more for her, his country to help fight and resist uh, against the Russian invasion. And one of the things he went on to say that was beneficial of crypto is it literally took him 10 minutes to create a wallet to accept crypto donations, where because of some of the difficulties within their traditional financial system, it was much harder to set up a way for donations to come in through tra traditional uh, fiat systems. And he said that would have actually have taken days. And when you're talking about a war, uh, minutes count and you can't wait days for cash to start flowing in. And they were able to make purchases immediately that same day. Senator Elizabeth Warren, who's a huge crypto critic, uh, asked the question, why not? Why couldn't Vladimir Putin turn that same technology against the Ukraine? And the point was brought up that Yes, it is possible that Putin could use crypto and try to use it against the Ukraine. But because the sanctions on Russia are so heavy at the moment and so many businesses have pulled out of Russia and the supply chain of goods coming into Russia have, have been drastically cut back, 
that even if he was to switch to a cryptocurrency instead to get around the sanctions, there's literally nothing for him to spend that money on. Uh, most of the businesses have been shut. There's no products coming in. So it, it would literally be use, useless within his own organization. Uh, it was also brought up that with Open Ledger, uh, it would be easy to see those transactions and see if any of those rich Russian oligarchs are trying to use crypto to get around those sanctions. But again, right now, because of the travel restrictions, there's not much they could do with it, even if they tried. But again, the fear is with people like Senator Elizabeth Warren, who want to put a lot of regulation in place to protect against things that aren't really real issues, sort of like when the internet first came out. Yes, there were a few bad actors on the internet, but it went largely unregulated for a long time. And because of that, innovation was allowed to expand and it became what it is today. I mean, we really just couldn't function without the internet anymore. I, I can't even think about what life would be without it. And crypto and, and blockchain technology really is kind of in that same place right now. We're, we're at a turning point. It's, it's gotten to where we can either innovate and let it expand, or we can start to stifle it and lose that innovation to another country. And that would really kind of be the shame. Like imagine if we decided that, gosh, there's, there's some bad things happening on the internet and we're going to go ahead and, and prevent that from being innovated on 20 years ago or 30 years ago, even what, what do you think life would be like today? And blockchain potentially could be that next thing. So if you are looking to live in a decentralized utopia, there is a place called uh, Liberland, and it's out in the middle of Serbia and Croatia in kind of this um, area that is a little bit contested. Now, both those nations actually dismiss Liberland, but it's a libertarian utopia that is supposedly fully decentralized with over 700,000 applicants that have applied to live there and 7,000 approved residents. Now, technically nobody's living there yet and nothing's built there, but the same company that's putting this together, Zahara Hadid Architects or ZHA, which is what we're gonna keep calling it, they actually have been working on this space and have started a kind of metaverse of this same space as well. Now, what's kind of interesting about the metaverse is it's a place where the approved residents can start to gather. Uh, they're going to allow other people to to join this kind of closed metaverse. But it's it's interesting because the architectural firm that's a part of it is enjoying the freedom that a virtual uh, metaverse will allow in the sense that there's no restrictions on any architectural limitations. So they can have some cool things like floating ceilings. They don't have to worry about how hard it is to heat and cool a structure. They're not worried about energy efficiency in kind of a metaverse. So from an architectural standpoint, then they've been able to kind of go crazy and develop a, a very interesting looking utopia. So I'd go check it out. It's interesting. It's another place to, to visit. Uh, it's still very new. So there's mostly just some artist renderings and things like that. And of course, you know, if you're looking to live in a decentralized area, you can always apply for uh, residency over in Liberland. Now, if living out in between Serbia and Croatia doesn't quite fit your lifestyle and you'd like to have a little bit of the island life, there's something very similar going on over in the Southeast Pacific. They are building a place called 
Satoshi Island, based after uh, the crypt or Bitcoin founder. And they have had over 50,000 people apply for citizenship. The, the cool thing about this is the land ownership, houses, and everything are all going to be based on NFT. And it started out as a crypto project, as they put it, looking for an island and not an island or a city looking to become part of a crypto project. So it was built from the ground up. Now, Satoshi Island was originally called Lotaro and is part of Vanuatu. And Vanuatu has actually been struggling with tourism and their economy lately. So they've been very open to inviting this type of project in. And the Southeast Pacific and Asian areas have been very open to crypto and blockchain innovation. So it's going to be kind of a, a cool place to visit and check out. Uh, they already have, as I mentioned, 50,000 people who have applied to live there. Hopefully, they're not going to accept all of those. It has 32 million square feet of space. Now, it sounds like a lot. Uh, I did a, a little bit of math to kind of come up with a number that I could get my arms around. And 32 million square feet is roughly 735-ish acres, which is just a little over a square mile. So there's not a ton of room. So hopefully they're not letting all 50,000 people in. So don't think that this is going to be another fire festival or crypto land. Uh, the folks that are involved in this do have a build plan and have an enthusiastic, enthusiastic team of venture capitalists that are mapping out a strategy for the development of the land going forward. All the construction of the buildings and power will be from renewable resources like solar panels built on rooftops of the buildings that they have. And then everything will be on a shared grid. So if one produces a little bit more, then that power can be distributed across all the other buildings within the area. Now, if you're interested in moving in here, having one of the NFT citizen applications doesn't grant you immediate access. And they are hoping to have a reveal come quarter four of this year with citizens being able to move into the homes uh, sometime early next year in 2023. I'm not quite sure I'm ready to pack my bags and fly off to this island resort type style of living. It'll be interesting to see how successful it is though and how much the government supports them going forward. Uh, would you be interested in living in a place like that? If you are listening to this on a platform, let us know in the comments below, plus any other questions that you might have. So to wrap up today's show, Every Realm, a Metaverse Land Investor, last month raised $60 million in a Series A round led by Andreessen Horowitz. Now this has generated quite a bit of interest from Will Smith and The Weeknd, who also have wanted to take part in investing in this company. So if you were ever curious about how a Metaverse could mirror reality, Every Realm basically invests in virtual land plots in various metaverses like the Sandbox and Decentraland. And they currently own over 3,000 NFTs across 25 different metaverse platforms. And what they do is they actually develop those NFTs by building virtual homes and hotels and businesses on those, and then later on sell them uh, to someone else. Now they actually created a location called Fantasy Island Resorts on the Sandbox. And they were able to sell that for about 149F. And virtual land sales right now are absolutely crazy. $501 million worth of NFT virtual land has actually been sold in 2021 based on data from Metametric Solutions. 
And it seems like the demand for that metaverse land is just increasing as time goes on. And with that increased in demand, it's no wonder that celebrity investors like The Weeknd and Will Smith are attracted to such opportunities. And with that, I think that is the end of our show today. I hope you enjoyed everything you heard. Please click on the socials below so you can join me next time.